This is Ben Silvero from the Pretentious Film Majors. This is my sidekick, Aaron Klein of Not Your Demographic fame. And I'm Ansel Birch, your host in post. This episode was recorded on February 9th, 2020. Today's episode is being presented out of sequence. This is our pilot episode, the first one we ever recorded. And that's why this one is a special treat for you, our loyal listeners. Oh, we're removing. We're, we're, we're moving. How many beers have I had already? <laughs> we're reviewing Hot Tub Time Machine. That's right. That's exactly what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we got mixed energy levels. Oh my god. <laughs> it's weird because like I'm not like facing you. And I know. I'm not like. <laughs> we're just like side to side. This is how we got so drunk when we did um, the uh, pod slam because we were sitting like kind of side by it's like when a dad doesn't want to actually talk to you about a problem that he's having yep. and he like sits next to you in the car so that he can like side side talk to you yep that's what we're doing that's what we're doing yep mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how this is gonna go <laughs> congratulations everyone <laughs> oh my god anyway <laughs> so hot Up time machine takes place in 2010 2010 yeah which i like didn't even think to think about at the beginning i yeah. was just like oh this is set today in 2020 which is ridiculous right I <laughs> there's guess no we, reason to think that we should start by saying i've seen it before yes you've seen this i movie saw before. it when it came out but this is the first this time, is the first time i'd ever seen this movie i'm not gonna lie i thought it looked really dumb i yeah. heard a lot of good things about it but i was like i don't know about this i don't know this this is for me it kind of looked like to me seeing the previews and seeing how people talked about it it kind of reminded me of old school uh, sure which i don't like uh-huh. i feel like i'm the only person who doesn't like that movie but i did you see it when it came out no i okay. saw it way later like way right. too, way too late which is the reason mm. that i didn't like it so i thought i was gonna have the same kind of reaction to this and there were things about this i didn't like yes but i was surprised by how much i liked it i like actually oh, really enjoyed this movie i thought it was really funny a lot of the time and a lot of it was really smart, and mm-hmm. and it made a lot of callbacks to Back to the Future, yes. which obviously is my jam. Like I love oh, that. Yes. I love that shit. Uh, it's interesting because lately I've been revisiting my favorite movies to see if they still hold up and if I like them a lot. I'm not saying Hot Tub Time Machine is one of my favorite movies, but like there are definitely a it's lot okay. of parts. You, you can admit that. Here. No, it's, <laughs> it's not one of my favorite movies. I do like it a lot, though. Um <laughs> And I still do after watching it again. It's just that there are some parts, mostly in the language. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that I'm like, oh, that's not good anymore. It's funny because it, like now knowing that it was to it, it was released at least in 2010 and yeah. set in 2010 and was probably made in 2009 or maybe even right. 2008. Like that makes it make a little more sense too sure. that some of it, that language felt so dated and mm-hmm. like weird, like inappropriately. Absolutely. It was weird because it was like. This is supposed to be offensive, but in a funny way. And it yeah. just read as, like, this is gross. Mm-hmm. Like, some of this is just gross, and, like, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> every time Rob Corddry's character said faggot. Yes! Yeah! yeah like That definitely stood man, out to me. It, it was weird, too, that it felt very strange for me because he was so, so homophobic. Yes. But then was, like cool about like oh yeah dudes just like get each other give right. each other like hand jobs when they're about to fuck you yeah. know threesome it was like what the fuck is he's happening? about to blow his friend and he says good for you yeah like yeah. he was like the most relaxed about it it was very bizarre it was like oh, this is not working in 2020 in sure. the way that it may have in 2010 so mm-hmm. yeah that it, for sure stood out it's also me. interesting that you mentioned old school because i haven't revisited that yet but like after seeing Joker and seeing what Todd Phillips has done since then, so weird. Oh god, I hate him so much now. <laughs> like I just want to punch him in the face. He is such a punchable face. Repeatedly, because <laughs> fuck Todd Phillips. 
No, don't fuck Todd don't Phillips. Don't fuck Todd Phillips. Unless it's with like that dildo that someone posted on Twitter with the nails coming out of it. Like you can fuck him with that, but only that. I don't know. Maybe he's into that. I just he say might be into hard that. rules. Don't fuck him. Yes, just don't fuck him. Hard rules, just don't. <laughs> he did the Hangover too, right? Yeah, That's he did. him. I do love the first Hangover movie. Yeah, it's same. really fucking. It should have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I mean, but the Academy doesn't <sighs> respect comedies. You just say the cat- the Academy doesn't respect, and then just like leave yeah. a blank. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, women, people of color, comedies, oh foreign films, like God Academy, Ugh. get your shit together. Get more not white people, <laughs> please. Truly, that that's the biggest. Just problem. eliminate the old people. It'll be fine. I mean, we'll just wait a generation. They'll all die. It'll, it'll be fine. Soon. Soon. Okay, so Hot Tub Time Machine opens with. Immediately, we get a bunch of photos of people partying in a hot tub. So you know we're in for a good time. Yeah. That immediately, I was like, "All right, here we go. <laughs> we're we're ready for this, I guess." So I like that we got like we got this set up right at the very beginning. I was surprised by how dark the beginning is. Like, yeah. yo, here's this dude who is maybe accidentally, maybe not, maybe on purpose trying to kill himself, and is clearly a deep alcoholic. Here's a dude whose girlfriend, wife, unclear in this moment, takes all this shit and leaves a horrible voicemail Mm -hmm. that's one of the other things that kind of stood out in the writing of this too is that like all of these women suck like really really suck Uh in a way that kind of lets these men off the hook for being terrible in a way that kind of made me uncomfortable by the end there was some like redemption to that but this voicemail was kind of that first clue for me too where it was Mm -hmm. like ugh, this is no women were involved in the writing of this script, which Absolutely. is super clear right away. Yes. So, like, that I wanted to point out, too. But, so this woman takes all of his shit. He's, like, sad. You meet his... Nephew. Nephew, who is pretending to be in jail in Second Life, which is, like, okay. Another very 2010 thing. Very <laughs> this feel very thing. dated. Like, what is this? Okay, whatever. Like, that's fine. And we also see, um... Oh, my God, what's his character's name? Um... Craig Robinson's character? Yes, thank you. Um, Nick. Nick. Nick Weber. Yeah, we see Nick, who is has a fine job, works with animals, seems to really love this dog that he's working with, who's just disrespected by people and has been emasculated, I guess, is uh, like his whole character. His whole character at the beginning is, this man has been emasculated, which mm-hmm. is, again, feels very 2010. Yes, like, very. It's very weird. But like, like, uh, the, there's a big thing where he, he took his wife's last name and hyphenated it. Yeah, and like, that's a big deal yeah. because they hyphenated it. Right. Like, who cares now? Like, yeah, that, in 2020, who yes, cares? absolutely. That felt very weird. It was like, why wouldn't, if you wanted to make that jab now, he would have just taken his wife's last name full stop. They right. wouldn't even have hyphenated yep. it. And now it's just like, oh yeah, duh, of course, somebody would do that. So that especially stood out as well. Mm-hmm. So all of these men have terrible lives. Yes. Terrible, terrible lives. So they have these terrible lives, and they decide to go to Kodiak yes. Valley, where they've had the best days of their lives at some point in the past, mm-hmm. we have learned. I, again, I was really surprised how dark it was up until this point. I was like, I thought this was a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, this oh, town okay. is desolate. And- yeah. It was like a weird comment on how things change and fall apart, which yeah. I liked, but was also like, What's happening here exactly? Mm. I thought it effectively set up for what was coming, that we're about to see them in this, mm. like, peak, and you needed to see that contrast. But it was also like, this is bizarre. <laughs> Watching your face through some of these moments was, like, hilarious. Oh <laughs> like, there were some moments where you were just, like, wide mouth open, like, 
is this happening? Some really? of it really surprised me. I was like, wow, they're really <laughs> fucking going there, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm reading through my notes and I just have written very large, Lou sucks. <laughs> yeah. Lou sucks a lot. Lou sucks like, a lot. I wrote like, that too. Like, Lou's homophobia and overall yep. PCness. Homophobic, like, hates women, doesn't yep. give a fuck about others. And it's funny, too, that they present Adam as the one who doesn't right. give a fuck about others. And it's like, well, Lou sucks. Like, yeah. there's a reason he sh- like Adam has stopped giving a fuck about him, I think, yeah. at this point. But, like, the thing that defines Adam's character is what he says to uh, Clark Duke's character in, in the basement. Like, what did you do for your girlfriend to leave you? And he said, I didn't do anything. Like, Adam doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's true. Adam is very passive and, yes. like... His whole life is determined. We find out abruptly, way later in the movie, that his dad died tragically, and he thinks that he's been blamed for it, yeah. which was, it just felt so out of left of field. Of E. coli. Yeah, it was from like, pizza. what the fuck? Like, it it made Adam have more context for yeah. why he was such a sad sack of shit, but also, like, what a weird detail to throw in, like, an hour into this movie. Yeah. Like, maybe we should have learned that earlier, or maybe... It- was unnecessary like i thought it was a joke i yeah. thought that he was gonna be like oh well, just kidding and yeah. like nope it was completed totally like that was a serious moment that he mm-hmm. confesses to lizzie kaplan that uh, my dad died and looked me in the eyes and i knew it was my fault like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. yeah real real dark this real dark. movie gets real dark it's it was just so much darker than i was expecting which i think made me like it more because i'm mm-hmm. definitely into like dark and black comedy I love Lizzie Kaplan. I, I love too. it when she pops up and stuff. I do too. Although I, I also made a note later that she is like the only person, she's the only person in this cast who once they get into the, it's 1986, right? Yes. It, once they get to 1986, she doesn't look like she belongs at all. No. Doesn't, does not fit that era, looks completely out of place yeah. to the point that when they met at the bar at the Poison concert... I thought she was going to reveal that she was also a time traveler. Oh, so she, like, like she was in cahoots with Chevy Chase. Yes, that it's exactly what I thought. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, she's going to be some kind of like she's his good conscience, and like because she just does not fit. At yeah, all. but Aaron, don't you know writers are hip <laughs> and ahead of their time? And I'm not that at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it was her character felt very out of place. Yeah, it was weird. Like. I don't know. I like her, and I I thought that she and John Cusack managed to have really good chemistry. That was another thing about this that made me really uncomfortable right from the jump. As soon as we get to 1986, they're like, you gotta do all the things that you did. And I'm like, these old men are gonna fuck these teenage girls? And it was like, yes, they are. They want, there was like, there was no compunctions about that. Yeah. Like, they're just gonna fuck these teenagers. Yeah. Like, okay, like, this is weird. But all of them were committed to it right off the bat, except for Craig Robinson. Who's has the most awkward... I, I so awkward. Why is this woman using these sponges? Like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> these big dollar store sponges. And, like, you like... see her in the time machine while it's happening. When they're right. in the hot tub, you get these, like, flashes of, like... The With weird, the bear! The weird bear that is never explained. I assume that he was the mascot for the resort. He, I, or like, for Winterfest or sure. whatever, but it was just like, here's this bear in this hot tub and also in like a million other places yes. in this movie. It was, uh, yeah, the bear was a, a choice that I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his encounter with this woman, I, in that flash, I saw her using those big sponges. I was like, what the fuck is this? Not explained. Yes. It, it oh, is... we should also, <laughs> we should also mention that we watched the unrated Yeah, we version. watched the unrated 
It so, didn't feel unrated. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I don't remember what the theatrical cut would have had, but, yeah. like, maybe just less boobs? Ma- but there like, weren't even that many boobs. There weren't like, that many boobs. There was a man's butt in this one. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe in 2010 they were like, oh, no. Yeah. Rob uh, Corddry's butt? No. No, no. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> that gets you NC-17. <laughs> They're like, we'll just put it in the unrated version. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, there's really, that's so weird. Here's a hard transition for you. They talk a lot in the movie about different time travel movies. Yes. So there's definitely tropes at play. You know, they talk a lot about Terminator. They immediately, right as soon as they get back to 1986, they're like, what are the rules of this universe? Uh-huh. Which I thought was really nice. It was nice that they seemed very self I hate it when people time travel and they're like, how does time travel work? No one has ever experienced yeah. this. Like, I like that this movie was very in touch culturally to the point that they were like, okay, these things... Although I did think it was a little weird that they never mentioned Back to the Future, even sure. though a lot of it mirrors Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the rules are the same. There's like the glitchy kid who has to make himself be born yes. again. There's the song that's performed for a crowd in the mm-hmm. past. Like, they did a lot of... And they like call someone McFly at one point. Yeah. Crispin fucking Glover is yes. in this movie. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff in the... But like... In this universe, somehow, Back to the Future does not exist, which sure. is an interesting choice, I think. But they talk about, like, Terminator. Yes. And, like, and Terminator is even foreshadowing what happens to Clark Duke's character. Oh, Be- yeah. Yeah, because the whole John Connor I thing. I didn't even think about yeah. that. They did a lot of foreshadowing in this movie, yes. too, which I enjoyed. Like, um, before Lou, when Lou is in the hot tub and he's telling Jacob to come get into it, he says, you have to get, I wrote it down, because I was like, oh, that's going to be a thing. You got to get in here. It will change you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's totally what happened. And I'm like, that's another trope of time travel movies that, like, you can't change anything. And yet, somehow, we get to the end and everyone is a better person because yeah. of these experiences. Like, you wouldn't have been sent back in time by this larger force if it was not to teach you a lesson about mm-hmm. how you fucked your whole life up. Yeah. And you gotta fix it. Another, <laughs> so I enjoyed it. Another tropey thing that happens is that Jacob has a conversation with that girl where he is just like, I'm going to get in touch with you. Yes. Let me text you. What's let's, your email? Let's be totally out of touch with each other's current technological yeah. status. Like, How can I find you? You just come find me. Yeah, you and just have to come find me. That's so exhausting. <laughs> Which is true. It like, is very exhausting. It's funny to watch it in 2020 and be like, yeah, it is even more true today that people are like, I yep. don't want to leave my house. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> This was recorded before the pandemic. We had no idea. Like looking yeah. at all the dating apps and Twitter. and Yeah. Like... And like, I, I like to, like another part, I think it's a trope, but it's also, it's used effectively, is that the fashion immediately, you're like yes. immediately aware that this is what's happening. Yeah. Like, Nick Robinson calls it out. Jerry Curl. Right. Like... There's like the cassette player, but yep. like all the colorful patterns and you they get out onto the slopes and then everyone's in like neon colors, which I really enjoyed. Oh, although there is a trope that like in the, the context of like, what is time travel? How have we experienced this? I wrote down these things because I found them so startling. None of these grown men, full grown, four full grown men, none of them noticed that there used to be a dead raccoon in this hot tub, which is never explained how they got rid of it, and that there is a person who silently came into their room and fixed it, which they never heard, and that none of them noticed that this is a piss yellow hot tub that is just filled with absolutely yellow water, and then the next morning they wake up inside of this piss yellow hot tub and are like, you know what we're gonna do? Jump on the slopes. And, like, it takes them an entire day to notice that it is no longer decrepit. Like, that, I think, is one of the, like, really obvious tropes that happens here outside of that. 
other like as soon as they realize it they're like we have time travel this is what's happening but inside of that like why did it take you a whole day to yeah. notice this this seems really fucking obvious i mean but... the the guy with the cell phone wasn't enough of an indication well i feel like that's like... the moment when they realize it is that it's like here's this because uh craig robinson is like oh i'm not getting bars on my cell phone and then immediately the guy comes in and is like i'm calling you you owe me two dollars which is like a hilarious bet number because like what the fuck does two dollars even mean in that kind of money like well back in that day right it's like oh i just won forty dollars off of this bet that i could call you from a mountain it's like okay that's actually a pretty good deal i mean who willingly admits they're right for spin magazine <laughs> just kidding in 1986 in 1986 no uh so nick weber is probably the most redeemable of the main four mm-hmm. like he maintains his his morality throughout he has morality he has morality <laughs> yeah like he's like committed to doing the thing and doing it correctly right. too he's like okay i have to make these personal sacrifices in order to help my friends and he does that immediately yeah and like he he seems like the one who always does that. Like, right. he's still in touch with both Lou and Adam, even though Lou and Adam have fallen out, and is the one who's, like, paying for everything. Like, he seems like a more redeemable person right away, straight away from the beginning. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, Nick has an excuse for not showing up to the fight at midnight. Mm-hmm. He was on stage performing. Yeah. Adam, his whole he's MO is not piece... doing anything. Yeah, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. He's just a really unreliable friend. Because he has deep, untreated trauma right. from his father dying. Which, again, feels like we should have found out way sooner in the movie. But like, whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, Jacob, like, has the disadvantage of little life experience. Yeah, he's, he's the youngest one. He wasn't there in, when it happened the first time, so he doesn't know what's going on. Right. He has the least information. and Yeah, and, like, his life isn't completely irredeemable yet at the beginning right he is at like that that fork where like he can either stay in his uncle's basement playing second life forever or he's gonna make this decision to move on like that's the redeemable quality is that he becomes very responsible he's the one who like we have to fix this we have to make sure we do this correctly because his life literally depends on it so i feel like that's you get this like uh like mirror almost of him like immediately you get to find out that like actually this man could be very capable he just has to give a shit yeah and then you know when it comes to adam it's just like adam and lou are 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 the whole are the worst they both suck they They both both really 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 different ways and like adam in the end is redeemable in that I don't know, he finally shows up and, like, gives a pep talk, which does nothing. It does nothing. That's the thing, is it feels like Adam is being redeemed, and yet Adam doesn't do dick. Like, I don't know, it's, he's, I I really liked that he gets his, gets his, that he was like, oh, I broke up with this girl, and, like, that's what ruined my life, and I should have stayed with her, and if I had done that, my whole life would be different. And so he very selfishly tries to do that yep. and then gets dumped. Like, it, like no, bro, it was your destiny to, to not be with this woman. Yeah. And, like, it was going to happen one way or another. And in the end, I think the thing that makes him redeemable is he finally learns to let go. And it's like, uh, I have say in my life and what I, I'm going to let these things happen to me. But also, like, I'm aware that I have to, like, be there and show up for people in order for these things to happen to me. So I guess... I guess that's his redeeming quality. I don't know what Lou's... Re- Lou has uh, no redeeming qualities. Well, he cheats, uh, he mean, lies, he steals, he stays in the past, and then yeah. he becomes Biff Tannen. <laughs> he, like, 
bottoms out and brings them to the bottom and like is rescued by them in a way that he really needs. And Adam offers to stay in the past with him. I guess that's true. Adam does yeah. make this very oh, unselfish. Oh, and he sacrifices. Yeah, like... he like makes this very unselfish decision to like, I will stay here with you. And like Lou is like, nah, bitch, get out of here. Yep. <laughs> Which worked. And it's, again, like another like trope of the, of this kind of movie is that the butterfly effect happens and there's no consequences yeah. for it. Like fucking no consequences whatsoever in any of this. And like, I do like that because he stands, because Lou like stands up for himself and beats the shit out of this dude and they go after him. And the medevac team is there in order to save Crispin Glover and like all of that starts. But like the only thing we get from that is that at the end he has two arms. And, like, yeah. That's maybe. 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 maybe he has two arms. Like what the fuck? Oh my God. That bit about Michael Jackson. What color is Michael Jackson? Yeah. Black. <laughs> oh, like it's weird it was such hearing a... it now. Because, like, how do I feel about that now? You it's, know? Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson's always been extraordinarily problematic. That's sure. A, that's a whole deal. I like that there's this... Because he was already dead when this came out. And so it's it's not like the, it has a different set of reading outside of, like, it has now been an additional number of years. There's uh-huh. the Neverland documentary, obviously. But, like, I don't know. I feel like that joke would have hit kind of the same in 2010 as it did today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's so weird. I thought to it was clever. Of. Yeah. It was a very clever way, to, like. Because he you, could have been, like, what, what year, year is it? Yeah. That's what I thought he was going to ask. That's another, like, time travel trip that we didn't really get in this, was, like, another one, like, the Deuce A Machina of Chevy Chase coming in is another, mm. like, oh, here's someone who has just imparted this wisdom on you that you kind of need to know yeah. in order for you to, like, succeed in this And venture. Jacob, like, throughout is just like, why can't you just say anything straight? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like at first that it, it's kind of unclear what exactly Chevy Chase's role is, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, no, I'm God. I'm, or something. Yeah. I'm some kind of HVAC God-like person, <laughs> which yeah. I enjoyed. He, he could be something from the Speed Force that's a time demon or whatever. Like, you yeah. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just part of the mechanics of that time travel. Right, and... exactly. He's part of the time, the mechanics of it. Also, speaking of the mechanics of it, we should get into how the time travel actually happens. Right. So, there's this hot tub. Devoid of dead raccoon at this point. Piss mm-hmm. yellow. They get inside of it and they're like, let's party. It's time. And they spill... An important detail, again, more like foreshadowing that happens in unexpected ways. Lou has brought this Chernobyl illegal energy drink, which has some kind of chemical in it. I like that at first they're like, I don't know what the fuck it's called. Because who gives a shit? Right. Because it doesn't really seem like it's important. But then turns out to be the mechanic that opens a black hole inside of this hot tub and travels them into the past. Yeah. Jacob mentions that he, he writes Stargate fan fiction. Yes, so he's he... like, I'm the expert here. Clearly, let me explain this to you. <laughs> have you ever watched Stargate? I have it's... never watched Stargate. Neither have... Ansel, have you, watched... have you watched Stargate? I watched a little Stargate. Okay. <laughs> uh, Stargate is also unclear about how it works. Oh, perfect. Oh, okay. Perfect. That makes so more sense. So it yeah. It's both ancient and futuristic and somehow oh. takes you to other places. So it's so far in the future, it's in the past. Yeah. That kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, like Firefly. I've been in place like that. They always turn out poorly. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> How could it go wrong? <sighs> well, you'd be surprised. Uh, okay, so this black hole opens up. We 
find out very slowly through Chevy Chase through the rest of the movie that there's some kind of nitrous something inside of yeah. Chernobyl, which turns into the plot device later that the people in the 80s think that they're Russian spies. Like, I it's love like... that it's Sebastian Stan, the winter soldier, who calls someone out for being a Russian spy. It worked out very well. Though For like the first 30 minutes, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I know I know this dude from somewhere and I could not figure it out. And as soon as I asked Betty, he was like, uh, yes, hello, it's obviously this person. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you're totally right. He's so well casted. Yeah, he's great. What a great casting choice for this fucking douchebag character. Yes. Like, fully believe that this idiot exists in 1986 oh and he's such an 80s and, bad guy oh absolutely is a patriot watches <laughs> movies where they kill riskies like uh this dude their fashion sense was impeccable it was the costuming of this whole thing was was phenomenal but like there was something about the way that they as the like fratty douchey dudes dressed in particular that like immediately you knew that they were the shitty dudes like i thought mm-hmm. that was really well done uh of the pieces of fashion that have come back since the 80s, which are you most, like, willing to embrace? Willing to embrace? What do or you Or have mean? embraced. <laughs> like, I literally never let go of my 80s fashion, and it has simply come around and become popular yes. again. Like, I love all that shit. I love the crew neck sweaters in ridiculous, loud patterns. I love that shit. You know that I love a fanny pack. Like, sure. I have a whole shelf in my closet of fanny packs, one for every occasion, <laughs> because they're the best. Why would you ever carry anything else in the summer? They rule, and you can take them on a roller coaster. Like, pff, obviously, I'm going to wear that shit. That's what you can take away from this episode. <laughs> take a fanny pack on a roller coaster. Absolutely. You don't have to wear it around your waist. You can put it around your shoulder and on your back and wear it on your chest I on a roller coaster. I notice the kids are doing that these days. It's very popular among the kids these yeah. days. Absolutely. Like, it's like you're taking those big-ass messenger bags mm-hmm. and, like, downsizing them and wearing them over your shoulder. Absolutely. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. It's like an acceptable way to wear a purse as a man, too, because really it's just a crossbody bag yeah. that's a little bit longer. Because all you have to do is let that strap out, and then you can wear it around it. I saw a woman doing that in Berlin when I was there on my honeymoon, and I was like, that's the shit! I'm gonna start doing that! <laughs> and now, three years later, it's very popular. I, oh my I'm god. I'm into it. Uh, I did the same thing with Razor Scooters. Uh, they were <laughs> really big in back. Hawaii. Oh my god. And then, like, they weren't anywhere here in America. Ben is very aware that Hawaii is part of America. Please... Don't at us. And then I bought one in a market and brought it back. And everyone was like, what the fuck is that? Like, why are you riding that? They were very popular. A year later, they blew up. They were very popular in the suburbs when I was a kid. Like, that's the only time I really remember them. I tried to use one as an adult, and I was like, this is is going poorly. (laughs) This is not going to happen. I remember there were, like, ads of, like, businessmen in suits riding on Razor scooters. I have seen men in business suits riding Razor scooters downtown Chicago. Oh, my God. On multiple occasions. There was a dude who Incredible. He used to, like, Razor scooter from the building that I worked in, like, to the train stop, which is, like two fucking blocks away but it meant that he could make his train faster and so he could like not be on the rush train ah. like get out and just get on there and then i bet he razor scootered home from wherever his stop was too in high school i had a backpack that like remember the backpacks that you could put your skateboard on and just go on a yes. train mm-hmm. i had one for a razor scooter it was real dumb that's so lame <laughs> it was real dumb so lame <laughs> oh my god <laughs> star wars shit Yes! That is Star Wars <laughs> I have a highly specific holster for this thing that I use once in the movie. 100%. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Okay, so, rating. Um, 
on the pretentious film majors we gave the infamous pretentious film majors five star scale <laughs> uh but on time to party with ben and aaron mm-hmm. how are we gonna how are we gonna rate these movies like five stars like two thumbs up like hmm. this is worth our time <laughs> yeah how many minutes would you give it out of five? <laughs> 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 let's see i feel like there's your title. Worth the time. Yeah, Worth, right? the time. Worth the time. Worth the time. That is a good title. Worth the time. See, we're figuring this out as we go along, folks. Yeah, this is what a pilot episode is for. Right? Uh, yeah, is it worth our time? Is this movie a party? Is it worth our time? I think so. I like, think so. After having seen it after a long time of not thinking about it, I think it holds up other than Rob Corddry's character like being homophobic and stuff like that i think even despite some of the things that make it kind of dated it's still worth it like i i don't know that i would ever sit down and like voluntarily watch this movie from start to finish again sure if if it was like on i would sit down and watch it i wouldn't be like oh i'll be back when this is still pretty fun yeah i like enjoyed it i think it would be it's one of those movies where like you turn it on on tv and you're like fuck it i'll watch 45 minutes of this movie like there were things about that that i really enjoyed i don't know how a tv edit would be but like Again, even though on the unrated one, there wasn't a lot that was bad. Right. So, like, I yeah, I think this is totally worth it. Yeah. This it, was fun. This was definitely worth your time, this folks. This was worth your time. Cool. We reviewed a movie. We reviewed a movie. Woo. This has been Time to Party. With Aaron Klein and Ben Silverio, I'm Ansel Birch, your host in post. You can find Aaron on Instagram at NYDEarnGenC. You can find Ben on Instagram and Twitter at BSilverio20. And you can find me on Instagram at TheIndecisionist and on Twitter at Indecisionist. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. Wherever you are in the continuum, just remember it might be time to party!